Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Intermittent fasting can have powerful health benefits, especially for healthy weight management, metabolism, brain health, and so much more. But it can also be a challenging lifestyle to sustain for some people. You might struggle with hunger, sugar cravings, fatigue and low energy, irritability and restlessness, or trouble sleeping. Peak fasting teas are my secret weapon. You know that if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know about the fact that I talk about these teas and intuitive fasting in my newest book. These teas are amazing. They are blended with other functional plants specifically designed to shut down appetite, support your energy and mood, and enhance the benefits of fasting. What you get is concentrated catechins to support healthy ghrelin levels to combat hunger pangs. You get some caffeine and L-theanine for sustained energy without the jitters and polyphenols to support healthy skin, metabolism, your mood, your gut health, and so much more. All this in award-winning flavors that won't break your fast. I even enjoy these when I'm not fasting. Seriously, when I'm consulting patients throughout the day, you will see me with a cup of peak tea in my hand. There are different flavors that have different benefits. So I've gotten in a routine. Let me break down my peak fasting tea routine. In the morning, I have the bergamot black fasting tea. I like this because it's gentler on an empty stomach and kickstart energy without crashes or jitters. I really love the black tea antioxidants, which feed the good gut bacteria and bergamot supports mood. And at lunchtime, I'm typically breaking my fast around that time, but Sometimes I do an almost OMAD or one meal a day fast, about a 20 to 22 hour fast. So whatever eating window I'm doing, I will have the ginger green tea or the matcha green fasting tea around lunchtime. It works wonders for digestion and post-meal sleepiness and makes a refreshing, delicious iced tea with just enough caffeine for the rest of your day. And in the evening, I really love the caffeine-free cinnamon Herbal fasting tea, so freaking good. It squashes sugar cravings and supports healthy blood sugar levels. Go to peaktea.com slash Will Cole, just my name, and use code Will Cole at checkout to get 5% off site-wide plus free shipping when you purchase a fasting bundle, which you have to. You can even shop my own curated fasting bundle. It's the intuitive fasting bundle. There's a reason Peak has over 15,000 five-star reviews. Try it for yourself risk-free with their 30-day satisfaction guarantee. You either love it or you get your money back. With fall coming up and people getting back into healthy habits, the fasting teas are selling fast. So be sure to stock up. That's peaktea.com spelled P-I-Q-U-E-T-E-A dot com slash Will Cole and use code Will Cole for 5% off site-wide plus free shipping when you purchase a bundle. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. Hey, 
What's up, everyone? It's Dr. Will Cole, and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam. I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world over a decade ago, and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, and The Inflammation Spectrum, and Ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, and there's lots of free resources there as well, you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. All right, let's get to today's guest. She is a dear friend of mine, a mentor, a brilliant colleague. I respect her enormously. Her name is Dr. Terry Walls. She is a professor at the University of Iowa where she conducts clinical trials testing the efficacy of diet lifestyle to treat multiple sclerosis or MS and is the author of the best-selling book, The Walls Protocol, a radical new way to treat all chronic autoimmune conditions using paleo principles. In this conversation, we cover really important things that I know you all will really love. We talk about, of course, the journey of living with an autoimmune condition and more importantly, what you can do to start taking action on your health, to start moving your health in the positive direction, no matter where you're at on that autoimmune inflammation spectrum, no matter what sort of inflammatory symptoms you have that maybe aren't autoimmune, that you're just looking to improve your energy or to lower inflammation or improve your gut health. We really cover some very actionable, practical steps that anybody can do. All right, let's get to the conversation. Dr. Terry Walls, my friend, it's been too long. What the heck? Time flies too quickly. Time flies, yes. I miss, I miss seeing you, buddy. I miss you too, my friend. Man, I just feel like, I feel like with the pandemic, it's like that year is just like a blip in time, right? It's like a, not a blip in time. It's like we missed a whole year of interacting with people that we love. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm excited to get back and see you face to face in person soon. Hopefully. Yeah, so am I. You know, and I've missed you know going to the uh, IFM A4M conferences. I've yeah. missed going to the MS research conferences. Uh, so. That's been a little difficult. It has been. So I'm excited for you to share all your amazing things you have going on and your work and your life. And you're just a hero of mine. You're a dear friend of mine. And I just, I love you so much. So I want you to, if you could, for people that are new to your story, take them back in time, take them back to you struggling with MS and the diagnosis and the severe pain you've been through. Tell us your story. You know, it begins 40 years ago. I'm just going to take you right back. I'm in medical school. I start having uh, electrical jolts of pain from my temple down to my jaw. Uh, And I can see that they're worse if I'm sleep deprived, if I'm stressed, uh, and nothing, narcotics, nothing really takes care of it. I just have to endure them. And these episodes last for a few days, gradually become more frequent, more severe, last longer. And I start going to the pain clinic. I go get injections. I get sent to uh, a variety of centers, including the Mayo Clinic. And then 20 years ago, I developed leg weakness. Uh, and that's when multiple sclerosis is diagnosed. Um, so I you know, start treating my disease aggressively. Three years later, I'm in a tilt recline wheelchair. Uh, you know, and I get even more aggressive with my treatments. Novantrin infusions, then Tizabri infusions. I am too weak to sit up at my desk. My uh, trigeminal neuralgia, the face pains, I call them zingers, are more frequent, more severe, much more difficult to turn off. I'm on steadily higher doses of gabapentin. I go back to reading the basic science. I begin experimenting on myself. You know, at first I'm using a lot of supplements, you know, and I'm very grateful because the speed of my decline slows. So I'm quite thrilled. I discover a study using electrical stimulation of muscles. I asked my physical therapist, you know, can I try that? It's called E-STEM. My test session hurts like hell. I mean, it's bad. Yeah. But, you know, when I'm done, I feel great. You know, and my uh, therapist says, you know, Terry, that's the endorphins. So he agrees to let me begin. And I start doing E-STEM as often as I can to as much pain as I can tolerate. 
Mm-hmm. At that same time, I discovered the Institute for Functional Medicine. I take the course on neuroprotection. Uh, Jay Lombard, Catherine Wollner are the neurologists in that course. So I have more tools, more supplements. Uh, and then I have this really big aha. So I've been doing the paleo diet for five years. So I've already been gluten-free, dairy-free, and really doing AIP. But now I had this big aha, like, you know, what if I take all these supplements, I figure out where there are, where those nutrients are in the food supply, and I redesigned my paleo diet. Now I'm focused on stressing what to eat, not just what to avoid. And three months later, the zingers are gone. And I'm sitting up at my desk. Six months later, I'm walking without a cane. Wow. And then nine months later, I bike around the block for the first time in six years. You know, my mm-hmm. kids are crying. My wife's crying. I'm crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it changes how I think about disease and health, the way I treat my, you know, my clinical practice. And it changes the focus of the research that I do. Yeah. And I started doing those clinical trials. You know, as a couple of years ago, then I, I get the Linus Pauling Award for my groundbreaking clinical research, patient care protocols. You were there. It was very yes. exciting. Beautiful. And then, you know, just last week, we published the results of our fourth clinical trial. You know, and mind, and mind you, well, every clinical trial that I've done has consistently shown that, you know, the diet that I investigate, the Walls diet, people can do it. Fatigue is reduced, clinically significantly reduced, and statistically very significantly reduced. The quality of life is, again, mm-hmm. clinically significantly improved and statistically very significant. Uh, walking endurance uh, improves. And so, you know, our, our studies are getting larger and larger. Uh, we're getting in higher impact journals. We've got more studies going on, and we'll talk about those. Yeah. And so, you know, the concept that diet matters. When I first was talking about in 2008, it made people very nervous, mm-hmm. you know, and I was roundly condemned mm-hmm. for creating false hope by talking about food, by, te- by just telling my story. Yeah, telling your story. Telling my story and saying, and this is the research that I'm doing to investigate. Here's yeah. my experience. And we need to inv- investigate it. And so I'm doing the research. And there were, you know, a lot of uh, neurologists were very upset, condemned me, you know, yeah, but I let it roll off my back. Today's program is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the health and wellness company that makes comprehensive daily nutrition really, really simple. With so many stressors in life, it's difficult sometimes to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our bodies the nutrients it actually needs to thrive. We have busy schedules, poor sleep sometimes, exercise, the environment, work stress, or simply just not eating enough of the right foods can leave us deficient in key nutritional areas. AG1 by Athletic Greens, the category leading superfood product, brings comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition to everybody. Keeping up with the research, knowing what to do, and taking a bunch of pills and capsules is hard on the stomach and hard to keep up with sometimes. To help each of us to be our best, they simplify the path to better nutrition by giving you the one thing with all the best things. I am very busy. I'm running the Functional Medicine Telehealth Center. I am writing books. I'm doing the podcast. I have two kids. I have a wife. I have two golden doodles. I mean, I'm busy and I need something convenient. And that's why I love Athletic Greens and I love AG1. Just one tasty scoop of AG1 contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, a probiotic, a green superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. This special blend of high quality bioavailable ingredients in a scoop of AG1 works together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, supporting energy and focus, aiding with gut health and digestion, and supports a healthy immune system, effectively replacing multiple products or pills with one healthy delicious drink. Join the movement of athletes, life leads, moms, dads, rookies, first timers, and everyone in between taking ownership, having agency 
over their daily health and focusing on the nutritional products they really need in the simplest manner possible. That's Essentialist Nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel bags. That's a lot of vitamin D and it's really important. I see low vitamin D on pretty much every lab when I'm consulting patients. So you get all of this with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash willcole today. Again, that's a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs of AG1. Love it. So good. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash Will Cole to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. I'm Arielle Laurie, host of the Blonde Files podcast, where every Wednesday I cover all things wellness. After nearly dying from drugs and alcohol six years ago, I've been on a mission to live my best, most fulfilled life, and I'm sharing everything with you. From how to achieve optimal health, well-being, and fulfillment to the best beauty tips and even cosmetic procedures, I cover it all with raw, candid conversations with experts and inspirational guests. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. What are some of the things that you were told by the establishment, the status quo at that time? Well, so so at, at, at that time, you know, the local MS chapter wanted me to come speak to them. And I said, sure. Uh, then they wanted me to get interviewed by the clinical advisory committee. So I you know, told them that my plan was to say, this is my experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to write, you know, and that you should eat more vegetables and have a trial of a gluten-free diet. And their response was, how would you feel if we as neurologists went and said to the rheumatology patients, they should be eating more vegetables. We said that, that we have these, big transformation by changing our diet. So, you know, if you convince any patients in my internal medicine clinic to eat more vegetables, I'd call you a hero. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you guys do what you think clinically is the right thing to do. And I will do what I think is morally and clinically the right thing to do. So they banned me as a speaker. And, you know, that was fine. And I continued to speak for uh, the local organic grocer. Uh, and then for the local community college, and then a variety of churches around town, then little local regional or organizations, then larger organizations. And I had my TED talk that went viral, mm-hmm. um, which I think now has like about 3.5 million views. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that must have really created a stir in the neuro- in the MS community, in the neurology community, because I'm sure patients were coming in saying. Well, what about that physician? What about that? Yeah. What does that matter? Yeah, what about that, Dr. Walls? <laughs> yeah, what about that? And, and then my neurologist, my treating neurologist, uh, said that he was getting calls from people all over the country saying that he was incompetent, that clearly I could not have had mul- multiple sclerosis if I recovered. Wow. He said, you know, I'm so glad you went to the Cleveland Clinic so I could say that, you know, you're seen at the Marshall Clinic you were confirmed by the Cleveland Clinic who treated you for the first three years until you got on Novantron and Tizabri. And so, you know, his, his response was, he, he was very comfortable with my talking to people about vegetables and that eating more vegetables was fine and mm-hmm. that a gluten-free trial was fine. So I never said, don't take drugs. I said, mm-hmm. work with your physicians, do what clinically makes sense. But if you don't address your diet, mm-hmm. you're not going to be getting as much recovery as might be possible. Yeah. So what are some of the, and we'll get into, I really would love to get into the specifics of the Walls diet and the what you find nutrient density wise where we're lacking and what we should be focusing on. But before we get to that, can we talk about what are some of the common root causes that you're finding in patients' health with different autoimmune problems, different yeah. inflammatory issues? So I'll give people context. Uh, so we've done you know, four clinical, trial, little, uh, clinical trials, hundreds of patients, uh, hundreds of, if not thousands of patients through my clinical practice at the VA uh, and then my private practice. Uh, and as I do the timeline to understand their health, 
events and life and life events, mm-hmm. you know, from birth to their present circumstance. The common themes I see are adverse childhood events. And that's become increasingly clear that the more adverse childhood events that you have, the higher the risk for excessive inflammation and an autoimmune problem. I often see issues with high risk for dysbiosis with early antibiotics, uh, C-section birth, recurrent antibiotics. That's a, a common factor. Another common factor is a diet very high glycemic index, lots of sugar, lots of processed foods. Less frequent problems are overt toxin exposures. Uh, There are a number of folks who've had a lot of pesticides, uh, crop dusting uh, Mm -hmm. exposures. I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, We have a a number of folks who had uh, a number of uh, solvents and paints uh, that they're exposed to. Some folks who were very close to Superfund sites, uh, so toxins were part of their issues. So, so we have these risk factors, but in the year prior to developing severity of symptoms that led to the actual diagnosis, a very common theme is severe stress. And it's usually severe psychological stress. Occasionally, it's severe physical stress because they had a accident uh, major surgeries as a result of the accident. And so they had sort of an anesthetic stress at that time. Got it. So let's talk about the Walls diet and the specifics of it that, that you highlight so brilliantly on um, things that people should be focusing on where maybe they've gone, they've started cleaning up their diet, they've gone gluten-free, but you, you really highlight things that they need to be optimizing to really get the yeah. most benefits out of it at the Walls diet. So I had been a vegetarian vegan for 20 years, uh, and then I got introduced to a paleo diet by my neurologist, by the way. Hmm. Uh, And so I was gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free, and basically I was following the AIP plan. But I was really more focused on what to remove from my diet Hmm. and less focused on what to add. It was when I got into what do I need to be adding that things turned around. Uh, and so I was consuming a little less meat and a lot more vegetables. I focused in on the green leafies, a lot of uh, carotenoids, uh, zeaxanthin, uh, lutein, mesozeaxanthin, really important for your retina uh, and uh, very important now uh, for brain health. A lot of vitamin K and your gut bacteria will eat up that uh, vitamin K from the greens metabolize it uh, to K2MK7, which will be absorbed in the ileum, metabolized uh, by the liver to make the animal form K2MK4, which in the animal models, really important for brain stem cells, myelination, and for mineralization of teeth and bones. Mm -hmm. And we know in MS patients, vitamin K2 is very, very low. Mm -hmm. So no one's done that for an intervention study, uh, but I certainly discovered you know, in the first four years of my recovery, I needed to have enormous quantities of greens. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't, there was a, a decline in my cognitive clarity. Mm-hmm. The uh, next food group that I'm really focused on are the cabbage, onion, mushroom families. And I call that the sulfur-rich group. Yeah, The cabbage and onions induce the enzymes that uh, increase intracellular uh, antioxidants. Um, and, and so that's uh, the benefit is they're inducing enzymes uh, in epigenetic changes that are so, so helpful to us. Mushrooms uh, support natural killer cells and they uh, prime the adaptive and the innate immune system to take a better care of repairing you mm-hmm. and protecting you. And now we know that mushrooms are associated with increased levels of nerve growth factors. Mm-hmm. And in cross-sectional studies, lower rates of cognitive decline, Mm. lower rates of depression. So great reasons to have uh, mushrooms. So you, for a lot of people, you have them, you want us to start working towards around nine cups of vegetables a day, right? So three for the leafy greens. Three greens, three of the sulfur-rich, and three of the color. Uh, And I let people know that the colors we're most efficient in are blue, purple, black. So I want to be sure we're getting those. 
and to you know get in some yellow orange uh, red. And of course, you're getting green in because I've already said three cups of greens. Mm-hmm. Those nine cups of fruits and vegetables lower the rate of cancer, lower the rate of obesity, lower the rate of diabetes, improve glucose uh, metabolism, mm-hmm. and uh, are great for the brain for all of those reasons that I mm-hmm. just conveyed. Yeah. And then obviously, you're, how much protein should be having well, people having fats so, as well? So now, now the question is, are you a meat eater or are you not a meat eater? Mm-hmm. If you're a meat eater, I'm looking for a six to 12 ounces of meat. Uh, I'd like to have uh, wild fish, uh, preferably a pound a week. Uh, and I'd like to have organ meat. Our ancestors prized liver, heart, brains, eyeballs, kidneys, lungs, you know, uh, bones for bone broth. Um, uh, so uh, I, I want liver, you know, six to eight ounces a week. And, you know, actually, I'd like to have another six to eight ounces of other organ meats, mm-hmm. oysters, mussels, clams, sardines. Uh, those are really fabulous for you. Yeah. If you're, if you're not a meat eater, uh, then, I, and certainly if you're not because that's spiritually important to you, I, we, I, we want to honor that. Uh, then I'm going to have you have legumes uh, and gluten-free grains that have been pressure cooked to reduce the lectins. Uh, and we'll probably want to be sure that we're measuring B12, folate, um, mm-hmm. the omega-6, omega-3 fatty acid ratios, zinc, copper, maybe magnesium to be sure that uh, the mineral content uh, is good. Got it. You mentioned to me years ago, I remember having dinner with you once and telling me one of the, your favorite ways to get liver in. Cause that's a question I get from patients a lot. We have to give them lots of ideas because they yeah. normally are like, how do I eat this? I don't really like it. What's a delicious way that you like to get your organ meats in? So we have lots of delicious ways. Yeah. You, you, so I'm going to give you uh, a whole, whole quite cookbook, a, few. a whole cookbook yeah, of it. Yeah. We're going to give you uh, quite a few. So lamb liver, very mild. You can uh, cook your mess of onions, then take those out, put the lamb liver in with just a, a small amount of water uh, for about a minute each side. You want it rare, medium rare in the middle. Uh, that's quite delicious. And then you can chop it up, just toss it into your favorite bone broth and have it as soup if you want. You could uh, blend it with olive oil uh, and the onions to make a liver pate. Another completely delicious, delicious way to do this. Uh, is uh, again, if you're a meat eater, put bacon, strips of bacon in the oven for 10 minutes at 400 degrees, take them out, cut up a chicken liver or pieces of lamb liver or bison liver and wrap the partially cooked bacon around the chunk of liver, put it back in for another 10 minutes. You want the liver sort of medium rare, the bacon cooked to the desired level of deadness. And forgive me, I'm going to salivate a little bit. That's just so <laughs> delicious to us. Uh, that's really quite lovely. Another version you can do, bake the uh, bacon for about 10 minutes. Uh, take it out. Uh, put a bed of chicken livers down. Lay the partially cooked bacon across the chicken livers. Pop them back in the oven. Bake them. Uh, again, you want the chicken liver. So it's pink, but not bloody. So it's not quite cooked all the way down. Uh, it'll be soft, just so, so delicious. Uh, that Those ways of making liver are some of our family's favorite meals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if that still feels like, oh my God, that just feels too hard, take, say, a, a quarter pound of liver, whether it's chicken liver, lamb liver, bison liver, Pulse it in your food processor. So it's all ground up. Then put in a pound of ground meat. Yeah, that's Pulse what that I like to do. So you've mixed that together. Mm-hmm. So you have a, a ratio of about 10% liver to your uh, ground meat. Mm-hmm. And cook that into tacos or into meatballs yeah. or into, if, if you tolerate uh, red sauce, add it to your uh, red sauce or use that to make uh, a meatloaf. Uh, It's generally at about 10%. People won't recognize Mm -hmm. uh, the liver flavor Mm -hmm. and you've totally upped the nutrition. Because if you you look at the mineral intake, the uh, vitamin intake of liver, 
versus other muscle meat versus kale, which is a kale, great, great nutrition, very nutrient dense. The liver beats, beats it on everything except vitamin C. Mm. And it beats it by, you know, it's not just by uh, one fold, it can be uh, many folds. So yeah. the, the liver is absolutely a superfood. Yeah. However, I, I don't want people to overdo the liver. It's, so six to eight ounces is the correct amount to have uh, each week. But we should all be having liver. Yeah. We should all be having bone broth. Your bones will be better. Your brain will be better. And We're talking about nutrient density better. here, right? I mean, that's really the thing. It's like if you're using your food as your multivitamin, your meals as your multivitamin, Yes, you're getting, and these are deficiencies that you and I see all the time of the people and you're really. Absolutely. Absolutely. The processed foods reduce mineral content, reduce vitamin content. And in addition, it reduces content of the phytonutrients, literally the thousands of other compounds that speak to our genes uh, and turns genes on and off that help us have a optimal physiology. Mm-hmm. We, we get that from fruits and vegetables. We get that from our bone broth. We get that from liver. We get that from heart, tongue. Tongue, by the way, is another incredibly delicious organ meat. But if you rely on processed foods, plus a multivitamin and a few antioxidant supplements, you aren't getting all of the phytonutrients mm-hmm. that our ancestors were able to get that allowed their physiology to run optimally. And that will allow, allow our physiology to mm-hmm. run optimally if we consume, consume that. Mm-hmm. You know, another, another element to what I uh, teach, uh, Will, is diversity. The goal is 200 different plant species in a year. You know, and I was keeping track of how many plant species I can get to. It's very easy to get to 50 in a week. It's very easy. You know, and this is a wonderful family activity. If as a family say like, okay, we're going to see how many new plant species we can have each week. Yeah. And you and your kids keep track of this, put it on the refrigerator. Now your kids are going to be excited to try new things, excited to try new teas, excited to try new spices. And they'll be more interested in doing a little bit of world travel. Like, you know what? Let's try some food from Ethiopia. What kind of spices do they have? What kind of foods do they have? And maybe I can't get the same kind of plants that they have in Ethiopia, but I could probably get those spices and adapt the recipe to the kinds of foods we can get in Pennsylvania or here in Iowa. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a fun family activity. And the kids are, are excited about the foods that they're eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opportunity to sort of visit a new part of the world, a new cuisine, and you know, get a few more new foods, new plants on their weekly chart. I love that's a great idea. I've never heard you talk about that, and that is very important. So people want to get the di- diverse plant foods because for the different phytonutrients, obviously, but also I'm assuming you want it for microbiome diversity as well. Oh, absolutely. Right? So if you want a diverse microbiome, you have to fertilize it with diverse plant material. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, the more narrow your food choices, the more narrow your microbiome will be. Got it. That's been a very consistent finding. Heal at home or on the go with higher doses, portable infrared sauna blanket. Experience the powerful benefits of infrared and feel the difference after just one session. Infrared increases blood flow for faster recovery, better sleep, and a calmer central nervous system. Plus, it naturally releases a dose of happy chemicals in the brain, leaving you feeling euphoric. I can attest to that personally. I love this thing so much. The sauna blanket has an amethyst layer to deepen benefits of infrared, a tourmaline layer that generates negative ions, our charcoal layer to bind to pollutants and a clay layer, which is balancing for the heat. If you don't have the budget or the room for a full-size sauna, 
This sauna blanket is a game changer. I love it so much. For those of you who want to experience the benefit of infrared without the sweat, they also have a really cool infrared PEMF mat that comes in two sizes. I have both. It combines the dual technology of infrared with PEMF for an unbelievable recharging experience. For me, it's like having a spa in my own home and I actually have the smaller PEMF mat at my clinic when I'm consulting patients. I love them. PEMF stands for Pulsed Electromagnetic Field and it works by sending electromagnetic waves through your body at different frequencies to help promote your body's own recovery process. You will feel relaxed, regrounded, and rebalanced. These mats are built with a thick layer of 100% natural purple amethyst crystals in mesh fabric tubes across the entire mat. The smaller mat fits comfortably, like I mentioned, in an office chair. That's what I use at my telehealth clinic. So you can recharge while working, while the regular size mat is great for stretching, doing yoga, meditating, or even just chilling and watching TV. That's the one I have at home. Whether you deal with chronic pain, you work out frequently, or you just need a moment to chill and relax, lying on your mat even a couple minutes a day will help ease your mind and body from the inside out. Get your own infrared sauna blanket or infrared PEMF mat at a higher dose.com today and use my exclusive promo code WILL75 at checkout to save $75. That's higherdose.com exclusive promo code WILL75. You will not regret it, my friends. Just go to higherdose.com slash will to get $75 off today. Did you know that over 1 billion plastic toothpaste tubes are thrown out every year, ending up in landfills and oceans? That's 50 Empire State Buildings worth of plastic every single year. That's messed up. Bite is reinventing personal care by making products that are good for you and the planet. Bite's hero product is their dry toothpaste tablets that come in a reusable glass jar and the refills come in home compostable pouches. You just pop one in your mouth, bite down and brush. It will foam up just like regular toothpaste, but with no plastic tube or messy paste. I really am trying to cut down on the amount of plastic waste in my daily routine and I'm really loving bite because not only is it reducing plastic, which is really important, it makes my teeth feel so clean. It's so effective. It's amazing. Plus they are made with clean ingredients. There's no harsh chemicals, sulfates, or artificial dyes or flavors ever. Sustainability and clean ingredients are at the center of everything that bite does. And they are certified carbon neutral, cruelty-free, vegan, and palm oil-free. All packaging and shipping materials are refillable, recyclable, or home compostable. Byte is offering our listeners 20% off your first subscription order. Go to trybyte.com slash willcole or use code willcole at checkout to claim this deal. That's T-R-Y-B-I-T-E dot com slash willcole. Something that you and I see, and you've talked, I heard you talk brilliantly about this for people to troubleshoot. Okay, they've gone to the Walls diet, they start cleaning up their diet, and their microbiome is shifting. And some people, especially people in the MS community and in the autoimmune community, they can get constipated because of changes to their diet. Oh, sure. so what, yeah. what are some tips that people can do? that you recommend yes, yes. to increase GI motility and to overcome that constipation? So the uh, Bristol stool chart goes from one to seven. It's a great chart uh, for clinicians and for researchers. Uh, it's been very helpful. However, when I'm talking to my patients, I ask, are you pooping rocks, logs, snakes, pudding, or tea? Uh, because we all know those things. They're like, well, okay. So if you've got pudding or tea, you, you need less fiber. And so maybe that means we're going to have less than nine cups. Maybe we're going to have more soups uh, in stews. We eliminate fruit. We eliminate greens. Uh, and everything needs to be cooked. Uh, and we're going to have a lot more bone broth. If you're pooping rocks, we need more fiber. Uh, and so that's more raw vegetables. 
and it is probably more fermented vegetables, sauerkraut, kimchi, and it's more uh, fiber-resistant starch, so things like inulins, green banana flour, chia seed pudding, Mm -hmm. uh, and we may at times need things like uh, magnesium citrate or vitamin C powder. Uh, And so between those interventions, more dietary fiber, more fermented vegetables, and more fiber, magnesium, vitamin C, I can usually get people moving comfortably. And if the poop escapes into your pants, we have to back off. Mm -hmm. It's too much at that point. So the the goal is one to two snakes a day, right? That is a legendary- One to two snakes a day is ideal. But I also recognize people with autoimmunity with neuroimmune conditions may have difficulty controlling their uh, flow of urine and uh, bowel movements. And so for them, snakes might be a little too soft and get into the pants. And so they're going to have to have easily passed logs. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. What you do want to have is easily passed bowel movements that you can control. Mm-hmm. Snakes it. are ideal, but snakes in the pants are not. <laughs> You've heard it here first, my <laughs> I love talking to you. It goes it's there so quickly. practical. You know, it's the farmer in me. You know, we... <laughs> You know what? I was something real fast that my Solomon, my son, who you know, uh, he still to this day talks about your poop hat that you have. <laughs> <laughs> he misses you guys. He talks about Iowa with such loving rem- memory. And I can't wait till we can all be together That'll again. That'll be so fun. I know. So let's talk about the latest research. People are probably... I know are going to be so excited to hear this. What is in the pipeline as far as your research is concerned? So we have a couple of really exciting studies that are in the pipeline. Uh, one is an evaluation of the autoimmune intervention mastery online course that, that I've created. So this will be a, a waitlist control. Uh, people will uh, who are in our patient registry, we will bring them in. Consent, uh, obtain baseline measures of dietary intake, uh, fatigue, quality of life. Then we'll randomize them. Half the folks will get access to the online course materials immediately, and half will have to wait 12 weeks. After 12 weeks, everyone repeats all of the assessments, dietary assessments, fatigue, quality of life assessments. Then the folks who had to wait, they now get access. They go through the course, and then in another 12 weeks, both groups complete all the assessments. That was reviewed last week by the Institutional Review Board. I'm sure they'll have a a list of required actions. They always do. And we will do all of them and then we'll begin recruiting, I would guess sometime probably uh, in October. The other study that, again, is in front of the IRB, the uh, staff are going through it. It'll probably be another month or so before that's in front of the committee. That is probably going to be the largest dietary intervention study done today. Wow. It will be a comparison of the Walls diet, a, a ketogenic diet, and uh, dietary guidelines. People will come in. We'll have baseline measures uh, of fatigue, quality of life. Um, we'll have walking, vision, thinking, and brain MRIs. Then people get randomized. Uh, And they'll get trained on the ketogenic diet or the Wallace diet uh, or the dietary guidelines. And then they will do some surveys for us every couple months uh, that are very brief. And they'll come back in two years. We'll repeat all of the measures, Mm -hmm. including the MRIs. Uh, And it'll take us about five years to run that study because Mm -hmm. it's a much longer study. Uh, And that study is made possible by an incredibly a generous uh, donor. So the uh, Shreve Chapman uh, Foundation is funding that study. Beautiful. You know, in, in the study of the autoimmune intervention mastery course, that's also being funded by a donor as well. And, and what is remarkable uh, in the, the research that we've done, our uh, dietary uh, intervention studies, our, our early work funded entirely by uh philanthropic support from donors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something that I come to mind that I know in the community we get asked a lot as clinicians is, and I know just 
you and what you have done when this happens. Let's talk about accidental exposure to a food. Like you've been glutened, you've oh, had yeah. you had exposure to egg. Like I know what what you've done through these these exposures and what they can do. And everybody's different as far as the yeah. intensity of the flare. But let, can we talk about for people that are prone to flares? Like, what do you recommend if they get exposed to some food that's that triggers some flare up? Well, you know, there are uh, some people who take um, dietary enzymes and. When they travel, in particular, will take dietary enzymes to facilitate digesting these proteins because it's the incompletely um, digested protein when that crosses the uh, intestinal barriers. That's what triggers the reaction. Uh, for me, in a former life, we used to travel a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, I days. would be at risk because of all the flying. If I did too many flights in one month, you know, that would the toxic exposure from all those flights uh, would be a trigger. Uh, and occasionally, uh, you know, some restaurants, I could uh, have a trigger. So that uh, went acutely. I'm triggered. My trigeminal neurology turns on. I have to take high-dose prednisone. Uh, and so my neurologist uh, gives me a prescription for uh, high-dose prednisone that I carry with me. Uh, and I've come to realize if my trigeminal neurology turns on and I start the pregnisone immediately, uh, I don't have to take uh, such high doses. That's my strategy. And so certainly can talk to your treating physicians in terms of what, what you can do to turn off the acute flare, mm -hmm. digestive enzymes, being meticulously careful. I know some individuals have decided that for them, a flare of symptoms is such a problem that what they do is they freeze food and send a box of frozen food to the hotel where they are going mm. uh, and they eat only their own food. Mm -hmm. uh, what I've done is I pack my own food mm -hmm. and I eat only my own food uh, yeah. because, you know, when my trigeminal neurology turns on, in pretty short orders, within six hours, vitrine on, it can be so severe that it's very difficult to talk uh, because speaking triggers the pain. Mm -hmm. Swallowing triggers the pain. Uh, and so, you know, for decades, I mean, for decades, I had immense suffering from that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, now, well, I'm much more circumspect that my trigeminal neuralgia is this very exquisite barometer Mm. of are my microglia happy mm -hmm. you know in the patrolling in the nurturing side sort of the m2 and the m0 or are they active mm -hmm. and pissed off and <laughs> inflammatory and destructive in the m1 yeah and i know because my face paint is turned on yeah and so that's when my microglia reacted so yeah you know, I, I practically get mris because i still see my neurologist regularly and so we just got one. Uh, and uh, of course, it was fine. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, we both joked that my face pain is far more sensitive than the MRI for what's mm -hmm. going on in my brain. Interesting. And for people that don't know, the microglia is the brain's immune cells, right? Mm -hmm. have, you, have you read that book? Um, I've talked to the author once, the Angel, Angel or oh, the yeah. Assassin. Yeah, you, yeah. I think she mentions you in the book. Yes, yes, yeah. It's a great book about the microglial cells and the research. Yeah, it's, it's a it. wonderful book. It's a yeah, wonderful she, book. She's a sweet lady. Um, all right, my friend, are you ready for a rapid fire? I can't wait to ask you these questions. Are you up okay. for this? Oh, okay. yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I should say uh, just real briefly, our yeah. uh, Swank versus Walls results are in. Uh, Swank is helpful. Walls is more helpful uh, for a modified fatigue impact scale and the uh, quality of life scales. And if you look at clinical significance, hugely clinical significant. And if people want to get uh, those results, uh, you know, go to my website. We've got those Perfect. all those papers on my website. And we, just for people to know this, we will put all the links to everything we've talked about and anything else that you find important for people to learn for further reading. We'll be putting it in the show notes as well. Okay, great. All right, let's get to this. I think I know the, to the, the answer to the first question, but I will ask it nonetheless. If you could only eat one food for survival, just purely on nutrient density, what would that food be? 
Oh, that's difficult. Did I, I stump Dr. Walls? Salmon. salmon. I thought you would say liver. Well, so I, I love liver, but I don't want to overdose. Okay, got it. I'll say, because you, overdose, you're, is it the vitamin A content that you're thinking about? The vitamin A. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so if you overdose on vitamin A, acutely, yeah, and you have to be have met huge, huge overload, that'll kill you uh, acutely. The bigger problem is a slow overdose of vitamin A, then you end up with fibrosis or scarring of the liver and the heart and the lungs. Got it. Got it. Um, all right. So salmon it is. Wild caught salmon, any type of Wild specific- caught salmon. And okay. I'll eat the salmon skin. I'll eat the eyeballs and I'll eat the liver. <laughs> You're surviving. You're surviving. Yeah, I'm surviving. <laughs> all right. Question number two. If you had to eat just one food for the rest of your life, regardless of health benefits, purely on- taste alone, what would that food be? Oh, baked liver. Baked liver. Baked liver. Yeah. Those baked chicken liver, like, oh my God, that is just, (laughs) that is totally delicious. It is, you know, my, my uh, family knows uh, that is our uh, favorite meal. It's the love language, your love language, baked liver. It it is so good. It (laughs) is so good. All right. So what are two supplements that have been the biggest game changers for you? Uh, Vitamin D and uh, fish oils. Got it. Vitamin D, fish oils. Can I talk re- real fast? Because you've turned me on years ago to the cod liver oil yeah, uh, yeah. specifically. And I don't know if you still use it now, but I knew you did years ago is the emu oil. Can you talk about those two real fast? Because I just- Yeah. You know- so e- emu oil is a great source of vitamin K2 and gamma linoleic acid. Uh, and it's whole food. A lot of the vitamin K2 uh, is um, synthetic or- uh, a genetically modified bacterial in origin. So I'd much rather people get your nutrients from food uh, in the emo oil that's going to have vitamin K2 that way. I also like rosita caliber oil because it's minimally processed. Uh, And so I think it's fine to do a couple capsules of rosita and a couple capsules of the purified uh, fish oil in combination uh, because you'll get more resolvent effect from the caliber oil. And if you need a higher dose of omega-3s, you could do refined uh, fish oil in addition. Got it. All right. What is one of your favorite latest non-food, non-supplement wellness tool or a biohack that you're really into right now? Ice baths. Okay. How long are you doing them for? What's And what have you noticed? Um, so 20 minutes. That's when I do my um, uh, pleasure reading or, you know, recreational reading uh, fiction. Although yeah, I actually I also do a lot of scientific papers. And so I just set my timer, 20 minutes, ice baths, and then I hop into bed. When you do an ice bath, you're going to get uh, a deeper sleep, fall asleep more uh, quickly. Uh, It's anti-inflammatory. It's a hormetic stress. It helps turn your white fat into brown fat. It makes your fat less uh, inflammatory. It is all of us, because we live in a controlled environment. We have been deprived of the hormetic stress of the seasons mm-hmm. uh, of uh, life, and that decreases our health and our resilience. Mm-hmm. So we all need to figure out how to get more hormetic stress in. So yeah. more heat stress, more cold stress, more exercise uh, yeah. stress, uh, and food stress. And that's why the plant diversity is so helpful, because it gives you a little bit of nutritional stress, you know, and and fasting strategies will do that as well. Yeah, for sure. All right. What is one wellness myth you would like to dispel once and for all? Eat multiple times a day, Mm. have the big breakfast and then, you know, three meals with snacks. Our ancestors had to work really hard to get our food. Yeah. And then we'd have to run out and then we'd have to go work really hard to get our food again. Yeah. So we're eating out of alignment with what we've evolved with. Absolutely. Got it. I agree. What is one wellness brand, whether it be a food or snack or a product that you've really been loving lately? Wellness brand. Hmm. You mentioned Hmm. Rosita. You mentioned. Yeah, I suppose uh, Rosita. I like that. Uh, New Fit. You know, I I like the New Fit technology, uh, eStem. Uh, it okay. is really very powerful for rehab. So is that direct to consumer? You can just buy it yourself? 
Yeah, it's really sold to clinics and clinicians. So okay. I, I should probably uh, come back up. Uh, you know, uh, Life Pro has a nice vibration plate. Okay. Uh, it's, that's sold directly to consumers. And that uh, vibration plates are a very helpful strategy for uh, improving muscle mass, muscle density, uh, tendon strength. Perfect. All right. If you could only use one skincare product, what would it be? What's your what, What's your go-to? Well, uh, two things. Eat bone broth. That will help. Love it. Uh, and then I would just put olive oil on your skin. Any specific kind? I love that. Organic, cold-pressed. Perfect. And you just, yeah, how much are we using? How much should we be using? Oh, I just pour it on my hand and rub it on. <laughs> I love it. So food is, I mean, our skin is our largest organ. I'm always saying if you can't really, and not to say this is always true, but if it looks like a chemistry lab, you probably shouldn't be putting it on your skin. It's just like, it's your skin's oh absorbing goodness, no. a lot. You know, it, it, and you know, most of our personal health care, personal health products, toothpaste, shampoos, deodorants, soaps, uh, I would much rather that you just use soap and water on your body and mm -hmm. on your hair. Uh, I use a bar uh, to wash my hair as opposed to the uh, liquid uh, shampoo. So I, I just think that's much, yeah. much better. Yeah. All right. Last rapid fire question. What is one book that you've read in the past year that really has inspired you? It doesn't have to be health, but it could be. Well, um, Wim Hof's uh, book uh, has been, uh, I really have enjoyed that. Uh, Dale Bredesen has a new book coming out on uh, the first survivors from Alzheimer's. That is, of course, very, very inspiring mm -hmm. uh, for folks. And yeah. Actually, I think that's coming out next week. So I, I've read that ahead of time. Uh, it, it's a wonderful book. Awesome. Beautiful. All right. So before we go, you have a few things coming up that I really want to highlight. Obviously the certification, let's talk about the virtual event. Tell, tell the people what you have coming up. So uh, October 16th, we're going to have a uh, practitioner day uh, and I'll be talking about neurodegeneration. Uh, I'll also be talking about the latest research and uh, MS reviewing all of the uh, dietary research and some of the uh, latest recommendations that I have there. And we're going to have a number of other speakers as well. So it's a one-day event. Uh, it will be marvelous. When is that again? October 16th. October 16th. Okay. Of this year. And then do you have an event, a virtual event next year too? Or what's... Yes. Yes. We're, we'll have, we're going to have a virtual seminar. Uh, and what we're doing is we're, we are having uh, three one-and-a-half-day events, so we can have a particular focus and theme for each one of these. And again, we'll be talking about the latest science for how we approach autoimmune issues and neurological and psychiatric issues. Uh, we'll also be talking a lot about family issues. How do we get our kids on board? How do we get our spouses on board? Mm. Um, and I, I'm excited to say that we've added a chef to our team. Because food is a big part of what I teach. I, and so we will be having a lot of culinary tips. And I also believe in this radical thing of movement. One of the things that, that we do that's different than all of the other virtual events I've been to is we really believe that you shouldn't sit all the time. So yeah. every hour, we have 10 minutes of uh, a break every 10 minutes where we expect you to get up. Yeah. Uh, and either run to the bathroom or do laps around your room or do our little dancing with us. Oh, I've done them. We're, we're committed to movement. I've done it. My, that's another thing that Solomon mentions is the awesome hula hoop lady. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> She's amazing. We do hula hoops together. Um, my friend, I could talk to you all day. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. And I just admire you and uh, and appreciate you so much. Well, I love the work that you do as well, Well, And I can't wait till we can be together and yes. uh, maybe have some sauerkraut and kimchi. And if we're lucky, uh, liver will be on the menu as well. <laughs> tell Jackie, tell Zach, tell Zeb, I said hi, and I hope to see you all soon. All right. Bye, my friend. Bye-bye. If you want to learn more about Dr. Wall's amazing work, you can check it all out at terrywalls.com. At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits. Ask me anything. 
and you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. Now it's time for another Ask Me Anything. Today's question is from Jen. Jen asks, how much should I actually care about lectins? Very good question, my friend. Well, let's define lectins first for people that are new to the conversation, Jen. Lectins are the proteins that are found in different plant foods to various degrees from a higher lectin foods would be like grains or beans, uh, legumes. Those would be what would be considered higher, some of the higher lectin foods. And then fruits and certain vegetables could be lower lectins as well. Now, cooking plant foods that even that are higher lectins can lower the lectin content. There are proteins that are found in these grains. They sort of act like um, anti-nutrients. They are the plant's defense mechanism, if you will. So the plant wants to survive. So lectins are one way that the plant is able to survive. And the answer here is, should you actually care about them? I think comes from the conversation specifically around a colleague of mine, who's also a dear friend of mine, Dr. Gundry. I respect him immensely. And uh, him and I have very similar opinions on most things. I think what we have to look here, and he, I think, would say the same thing, is bioindividuality. So everybody's different. Some people are going to have more reactions to lectin, some aren't. A lot of my patients tend to be a little bit more on the more lectin-sensitive side. I talk about the research and at this at length, this topic at length in my second book, In the Inflammation Spectrum, because that book is all about bioindividuality. That book is all about finding out what your body loves and what your body hates. And that's really the work that I have with my patients. Because when you look at a health history comprehensively, you understand that patient, you run labs on that patient, you walk through their health journey with them, you can understand the, the science and the art of their wellness. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's sparking that curiosity for you to find out what your body loves and hates and what's your art of being well. And when it comes to lectins, it really is down to that because I know people that could eat a higher lectin diet. They're eating beans and gluten-free grains and they're completely fine. Their labs look fine. They feel fantastic. Their digestion is great. Their gut health is great. No problem. But then another person, if they're eating higher lectin foods, even a small amount of them, it can create a cascade flare of, of inflammation. It's triggering autoimmune symptoms or digestive problems or joint pain or neurological symptoms. I can go on and on. Um, and I think even in today's conversation with Terry Walls, she's a good example of that. She cannot have a higher lectin diet, but I know somebody else that can. And we're all unique. And that's really what this podcast is about. That's what my work as a functional medicine practitioner is about. There is a specific endocannabinoid gene SNP or single nucleotide polymorphism. It's a gene variant that I can look at when I'm running labs on patients. It's one specific one. There are several that I would look at in this category, but this one specifically is associated in the scientific literature with a slowered function of the endocannabinoid system, which regulates inflammation. And it's associated with a higher rate of different food reactivities or food sensitivities uh, and higher responses because the gut is actually rich with these CB1 receptors, these endocannabinoid receptors sites. And people that have this specific gene variant that I look at with patients, it can make them more prone to food reactivities. Um, and that's just one SNP. There are many other SNPs that are associated with different food reactions too. The HLA gene is another one, the HLA-DR gene, the MTHFR gene. These are different gene variants that are associated with different food sensitivities. And then there's a whole host of other reactions do. If somebody's dealing with uh, inflammatory GI issues, whether they have the gene variant or not, can be more sensitive to lectins or higher lectin foods whenever they're in a flare-up. Also, it's important to remember, like I mentioned, you can cook higher lectin foods to lower the lectin content. How you prepare these foods matter. So maybe a raw version of these or 
a form of these that's maybe lightly cooked isn't going to work for somebody. And I've seen this many times with patients when I'm clinically monitoring them and looking at food journals and tracking that with symptom flare-ups. But if let's just say beans, like soaking beans or pressure cooking beans can lower this, make it more digestible, lowering the lectin content, making the nutrients that are in them, like proteins or fiber, more digestible, more usable, less reaction, less reactionary to their system. So that is an important point here. It's the proper preparation of some of these foods instead of saying, well, it's that food that's bad. Well, maybe it's if it's properly prepared, then the person can have it in their life. So one of the things that I do for somebody that is reintroducing these foods or does fine with them in certain forms is look is pressure cooking something like beans or cooking the grains in a pressure cooker as well, things like rice or quinoa. Or there are certain brands out there that will pre-pressure cook them. Like the Eden brand, I know specifically, well, the, the beans that come in cans that are already pressure cooked. So that lowers lectin content too, which makes it a little bit easier to digest and lower for people that have lectin problems, they can try with those um, if they want to. So we have to look at the genetic and epigenetic component of it. We get that through a health history and labs. This is what I deal with with patients all the time. So your body may love higher lectin foods. Maybe you're doing great with rice. Maybe you're doing great with quinoa. Maybe you're doing great with beans. No problem. Somebody else isn't. So instead of me making blanket statements about these things and saying, I'm team bean or I'm team or lectins are the devil and everybody should avoid them. I think that nuance matters and context matters. Thanks for the question, Jen. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.